Welcome, welcome, welcome all tomatards to Truly Rotten Tomatoes, the podcast where every episode we take off another film from Wikipedia's official list of films with a 0% critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes. As always, I'm Declan and I'm here with my co-hosts, including one Hayden Quinn. What's up, what's up, what's up, yours, your boy Hayden Quinn, original selector from uh, Canberra. Shout out to my rude boys. That's all. We've also got Mitch Gosling here in the studio today. Hey, what up, what up, what up? Yeah, what's going on, guys? How are you feeling Shout tonight? out to my original one-time selectors. <laughs> and what about Morgan Quinn? Is he here today? Welcome. Welcome. It's me, Morgan. Thank you for listening. And a shout out to my Pringle Perrys out there. All my little Pringle boys out there. Keep doing what you're doing. Times are tough, but Pringles are plenty. You know who you are. My Pringle boys. Great. And today our guest in the studio sitting live right next to us is the famous Tom Armstrong. Now, Tom is perhaps most famous for sharing a name with the guy who invented MySpace. Yep. But uh, I believe he's invented a few things of his own. If I was going to introduce him, I'd probably say he's the the curator, the owner, the star, the, the Axel Rose, if you will, of the famed <laughs> YouTube channel, The Roundabout Crew. Oh, that's lovely. And he's also... He's also the handsome half of the Tom and Frenchie podcast. It's Tom. Uh, yeah, that's true. I will take that because um, the other half is very hideous. Um, so it's great to be here. I feel like I am in MySpace and you guys are like my top eight friends because there's so many yes. of you. <laughs> I, like, I like all your intros as well. It's really nice. It's like flipping through like a radio through all the channels and you hear different late night shows. It's cool. They're well scripted. They're well rehearsed and they're always exactly the same. Now, this week, thank you, Tom, for coming on. Thank you so much for making it here. Thanks um, for having me. This week week we're looking at a film a tomato i should say more accurately called a low down dirty shame this is from 1994 and what a whirlwind messy in parts i think but we can all agree that this is a classic <laughs> film i think i feel like this is one of those films that invites people to use its title in a pun of a bad review so they'd be like you know it was a low down dirty shame that i had to watch this trash <laughs> And it yes. doesn't give anything away as well. You don't know what you're getting into when you just hear that title. A low down dirty shame. It could be literally anything at this point. I feel like it sparked the whole premise of the movie and everything about it. They came up with the title first and worked backwards. I feel like it's one of those where someone has like <laughs> a clever idea, a clever name for a short film and they base the whole thing off that. <laughs> yeah, it was very that. And why would why would it be called a low down dirty shame because the character's surname is shame <laughs> oh man the, the common surname of shame that's not a real surname right and he's low down <laughs> he's a bit dirty at the start it's all there i don't believe they ever say his first no. name either like it's just they call him shame through the whole movie i'm embarrassed about how long it took me to realize his name was actually shame it I mean, me through, it's such time. an unbelievable yeah. name through the entire movie. I just heard it as Shane yeah. with an N. Was like, yeah, me too. Shane's a really strange name <laughs> for this character. I, 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 what is it? What is it? Suspension of disbelief. I just, I just couldn't do it. You're, like, you, you're telling me this is a Shane? <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh hi, it's me, Mark Shame. <laughs> just be, yeah. purely because it's Mark his Shame, Shane. Tim Shame. <laughs> so what? What's the name? What's the name and purpose of this man's? business he owns a business does he not he's a private investigator he's an ex-cop it's hard to tell because because when you look when you look around his office space it's filled with foosball tables and arcade machines weights yeah i mean it, it 
it looks like a new mm. internet company, you know, for... <laughs> it does. It looks like a startup. He's got a receptionist, and but also like I, I was trying to. I couldn't read the signage fast enough. But there's an establishing shot outside of of his private investigating company or whatever you might call it. Yeah. And I thought that it said that it was like a car uh, refurbishment place. Did I just misread it? What did it actually say on that sign? Because his business was called Low Down Dirty Shame. That's what I thought, or something like this. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it was. But what did it, did it say PI or something like that? I think so. I seem to remember PI being in there. He was just a really invested mechanic. You can have a home office for that. You don't need a whole <laughs> fucking establishment. <laughs> True. He also wasn't he financially was not doing well, but his his office was pretty damn swanky. Yeah. Mm. It was decked out. Yeah, I was like, that's pretty fucking nice for a guy who's uh, apparently like struggling. He has to do <laughs> the most intense suicide mission jobs just to like scrape by. But his loft so, is so not. I mean, shame. he lives in a loft. That's shame, and he's he's an ex cop. But that's we don't start in the office, do we? We start in like a, ho- a oh, hotel no, we don't. or something. No, no. Well, before we start, I'm gonna give. I want to give a bit of background so people at least have an idea of what we're talking about here. We're talking about a kind of an attempt at a Shaft-like character, kind of really tall, black, strong guy, has a lot of good quips. He's a cop. Mm. He's like a good, honest, moral guy, kind of. And uh, mm. and it's directed, written by, and starring Keenan Ivory Wayans, one of the best Wayans brothers, if you ask me. <laughs> Is he the eldest? Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. So he's, he's coming off a film he directed that he's most famous for called... Uh, I'm going to get you, sucker. And they actually say that line in this movie towards the end, just nice. in an homage to other films that he's made. And then he'd also done In Living Colour, uh, the the kind of uh, sketch comedy show that launched Jim Carrey's career. And then this was the next movie. And so I know, I've seen quite a few Keenan Ivory Wayans movies. Obviously, he did Scary Movie 1 and 2, uh, White Chicks, Little Man. Um, he was in Don't Be a Menace. So he he's kind of famous for like these just kind of parody styles naked gun-esque like those david zucker just heavy gags direct parody movies and that's really what i was expecting from this film and yeah it is not that's like what that. i was gonna ask it you. is not like that at all how long did how long did it take you all to realize that this was completely sincere <laughs> and, it, and it wasn't a goofy parody of a shaft <laughs> kind of movie that it was his honest attempt at a shaft. <laughs> it's honestly the biggest letdown I've had on any of the films we've or the tomatoes we've reviewed because I got my hopes up and I was like, sweet, we're going to get some early 90s like parody of Shaft. You know, Shaft has five letters mm, starting yeah. with an S-H-A. He wears a coat. He shoots the bad guys. We're going to get like a direct Shaft parody. No, we're not. We're going to get like a bad lethal weapon. A Shaft parody would have been great. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if that's what it was originally intended to be and maybe it got slowly rewritten because you're right. He does, you know, in the last, in the final scenes, he is dressed like Shaft, like everything about it is Shaftian. Do you think this was the the one point in his career where they were like, this is your chance to be like a straight up action star, like a real popular leading man? And he was like, what about my gags? And they're like, just don't do it for this one. Play it a bit straight. You still get all the funny lines. You no, still get no, all no. the girls. Like, you're going to be the man after this. And then after it failed, he was like, no, nah, it's nothing but parodies for the rest of my life. I think you're giving, like, the industry or whoever was around him at that time too much credit. I think this was entirely his idea. It was a vanity project. It was like The Room. It's mm. like a Tommy Wiseau... <laughs> 
kind of movie. This is this is the exact kind of movie that makes me so proud to be doing the work that we're doing together. <laughs> I feel like yeah, I feel like it was pitched as a lethal weapon with a black guy. I feel like that was the pitch, right? And that's what they tried, yeah. but they weren't quite there. Couldn't stick the landing. There would have already been at least two lethal weapons by the time this came out as well. So that that formula was like you know tried and true at this point. Mm. It's also done like. He's sort of, I don't know, it's like a little boy's idea of what a cool grown-ups action movie <laughs> is meant to be as well. Like the And his performance through the whole thing is it's just stilted, right? I don't know, it's just, yeah. it's so juvenile. <laughs> He's like a little boy the whole time. It's, there, like, it's kind of adorable. There is something very weird about the fact that he also wrote and directed the movie. Like, it's not Bruce Willis in Die Hard, but it's like, dude, you designed every scene in this. This is, so this is like, his yeah, fantasy. Of course I get the cool action scenes. Of course I'm like yeah. banging chicks, shooting guns, doing yeah, flips, two and at the end of every scene me. I get to say some mad quip and then walk <laughs> off. Like that, It's just weird to watch someone do that. Just, yeah, like you said, like the room. But but I, he pulled it off a lot better than Tommy Wiseau for me. Uh, that's You can't say that. That's just not true. Was this just the the next movie we had to watch or was this, was this picked by Tom? Because what is this experience like for you just coming in? Because you haven't been watching any of these movies. Oh, I, bro, I, like, I love a bad movie. Um, and I came in, it, it felt quite nostalgic with the like 90s vibe and like the music, the soundtrack was pretty sick. And you come in, you're like, all right, yeah, I'm listening. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is kind of cool. And then like... And a lot's happening. Yeah. The opening scene really got me. There was the, uh, what was she, a hotel cleaner? Um, the character Peaches, oh, we yeah. meet her, oh, and the right. first scene she walks in on a dude doing a shit, that's right. and then she, <laughs> she she shames him, like she walked in and then she shames him for it, and then the couple having sex and you see some bush for some reason, I was like, whoa, here we go. <laughs> see, that's when, like obviously at this point, I'm like classic Keenan Ivory Wayans, <laughs> I yeah. know what I'm in yeah, for, yeah. gag after gag, I'm so down for this. But that's basically the end of where it goes. And then, yeah, she knocks on a different room. There's some gangsters and they're doing a, a diamond deal <laughs> yeah. or something. And then her the little hamper that she's walked in like explodes and out comes Shame. And he, yeah, he says some stuff. And, and so Shame pulls, out, Shame pulls out his gun and, and like, you know, tries to hold the diamond heisters at gunpoint. And the, uh, I don't know, let's, I, I think he was a Vietnamese... Uh, bad guy sitting at the table with all these diamonds says, I'm Chow Young Fat. You know what that means? Oh, yeah. And his, his yeah. hilarious response <laughs> yeah. is, Yeah, that means you come with an egg roll and a miso soup. <laughs> <laughs> miso soup. Yeah. Which, it, like, Chow Young Fat is a, the f- a famous Asian actor oh, really? as well. And, <laughs> yeah, and, man. He's but, from uh, Bulletproof Monk and uh, yeah. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Oh, so maybe, I, maybe I, he was, was referring a, to I was himself very as thrown by that. being skilled right but that's like me just introducing myself as brad Pitt yeah or something. right kind of <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> and then someone saying oh so you must come with mayonnaise <laughs> i'm brad pitt you know what that means that means you're a bacon and egg burger <laughs> with a side of fries <laughs> 
Yeah, so he jumps out of the cart. Yeah, what if somebody just said that? He jumps to out you? of the cart and he's got his two guns, which is like his kind of uh, thing throughout the movie. He's holding two guns, and then the the bad guys sh- start shooting, oh, yeah. but they got no loyalty to their own dudes. Like one guy just cleans up one of his own dudes who's in the way with like thirty bullets. I was like, holy shit! That's right, and that's that's the first time they use slow motion as well when he dramatically runs five oh, meters yeah. across the room and jumps yeah. over a kitchen counter. It's a huge moment. Yeah. Good, very good slow motion in this movie. Uh, some of my favorite moments of the movie were just when they were like, "This this shot is sick. Let's just let it ride. Let's let's just be in this moment, guys." Um, his assistant is played by Jada Pinkett before she married Will Smith, and this movie definitely has some like fresh pr- uh, Prince of Bel Air vibes to it, particularly in the soundtrack and just some of the style things. Jada Pinkett kills it in this movie. Yeah, She's she was fantastic. really funny. She's like. That was the only time I was enjoying myself. Really was small, she was. though. She's tiny. I hated her with a passion. <laughs> you hated I her? Oh, I found her so oh, funny. I found her so annoying. <laughs> her character was the fucking piss. <laughs> I hated her. <laughs> I mean... I love it. <laughs> she she gave it her all. She she did what she could, all right? <laughs> she was the only reason I was watching. <laughs> She's very small, and I think... Keenan Ivory Waynes is like 6'5 or something. Tall. And so they would sometimes stand next to each other and it would be like a dad and his daughter. <laughs> but they kind of had a romantic relationship as well. Right. Yeah. That's a, a whole bit. weird thing. Like, so, so I guess it's established that they... Rec- oh, actually, that's right. So he recovers... He, he, he steals the diamonds back from these diamond dealers. And I can't exactly remember how it happens, but essentially whilst he's chased through this hotel... They eventually end up on the top floor. Which is a restaurant. It's a restaurant, is it? Okay, so, yeah, that's right. He jumps on some tables and... Yeah, yeah, and he says, he says, I think I'm going to have mine to go. Oh, that was the worst. That was the worst. There's a lot of the worsts in this movie. Jumps out of... Meanwhile, meanwhile, (laughs) Peaches is... Hold on, hold on. I don't want to let this go because he's running through this restaurant and, and like, a waiter just comes up and goes, will you be joining us for lunch, sir? And then he's like, I think I'll have mine to go. Jumps out this window. (laughs) Meanwhile, Peaches is waiting downstairs in in a limo with, like, we guess their employers who've, like booked them to do this job to get the, to retrieve these diamonds. And they're like, where is he? What's taking him so long? And she's like, settle down, all right? She coming. Here. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, it's also important because it comes back a bit later is uh, when he first jumps out of the hamper and, and starts the shooting, I think Peaches is like, yo, let me get in on this. I've been practicing my karate. I've been taking gun classes. And he's like, get out of here, go downstairs, like you're not going to get involved. And then she goes downstairs and then she calls him straight away, literally seconds later. She's still pretending to be like a, a hotel concierge person. And she's like, there's all these guys with like automatic weapons that have come in and we're about to get a classic like 90s action shootout. The type of massacre that would make like world news, but in movies yeah, it right. happens all the time and no one seems to care. But the good they thing They seem about to have borrowed a movie, page out of X versus Sever's book in this <laughs> scene. That's exactly what I was feeling. The one thing I liked about this is that I think at least twice, Shame gets in trouble for all the damage he's responsible for. They're like, this is hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of damage. And like, the police department's going to get hit with the bill for this. Yeah, you you like killed a bad guy, but you, you've caused irreparable harm to this business. <laughs> but also, they they were employed by other bad guys, right, in this case? Because we, we think I the think guys so, that they yeah. deliver the diamonds to are dodgy. Anyway, yeah, so he jumps out the window and, of course, he flies 
four stories down and lands through the ceiling of the car that they're waiting for him all in. They're all waiting for him in. And then... Lands like, clean Peaches, in the back seat of this limo. That's right. And Peaches <laughs> says something along the lines of like, you know, I told you he'd be here or some shit like And that's very funny. And we <laughs> some, all laugh. Some annoying shit. Yeah. <laughs> some annoying shit from that bitch, Peaches. Oh, whoa. <laughs> and what, what is that limo roof made of? How does yeah, she exactly. go through it? How yeah. does he just go straight through it? It's amazing. It's made out of those those um, <laughs> Japanese partitions that you put between the walls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a few other good one line. Like, there's a lot through in here, so we, I obviously can't quote them all, but there was one where right before this shootout, he says something like, I just got fired from the post office and I'm about to shoot this whole place up. And then <laughs> I think there's also a part yeah, where he, he like, meets a... Uh, he's fighting a German guy and he's just like, say hi to Arnold for me and then smashes him in the face or something. <laughs> Dude, he's got a bag full of them ready to go. And he's he's been waiting years just to get these out in a sincere context. Can I rewind a little bit and just say that the opening scene... Well, I mean, it was, it was bad news from the get-go. The second the movie started, I was like, oh, God. Because it's literally him <laughs> sitting on a bed looking remorseful at old newspaper clippings oh that was really bad <laughs> he's shuffling yeah. he's shuffling through newspaper clippings of like some traumatic like i don't know some tra- traumatic um event that occurred where hundreds of people were killed or something like this and and then he he shuffles <laughs> that newspaper clipping behind then and then the next one says LAPD cop resigns or like is fired <laughs> in disgrace after event <laughs> And then, and then you start seeing the next clipping has his name shame in it, and it's like, oh, I wonder if he's the shame that they're referring to in this. Yeah, so, so. it's like the quickest exposition, without just having like a title card that tells you what happened right before the movie start. It's just a guy going through like his old shoebox full of memorabilia, where he's like, "Here's my old police badge. I'm not a cop anymore." Oh, that's right. He pulls his police one badge. By one badge. Of all these news articles that quickly explain the story. And I think the story basically is it's like it shows him getting his uh, police certificate, like him joining the force. And then there's a bunch of clippings like five cops got killed and some money got stolen. Shame was suspected of doing it. And there's like a cloud above detective's head. Um, And then it just shows him burning all the clippings at the end. Like, that was weird. It's like how it's like how a movie would end. Like it's like you know <laughs> what that part of my life is over now. But this is literally the opening scene. It's funny you said that because when I was watching the first probably half an hour, I was like, "Is this a sequel to some <laughs> movie I've never heard of? <laughs> like, is it another low down, dirty shame or something?" I, I actually googled quickly to see if it was a sequel. <laughs> I was so confused. <laughs> The problem is we, most of the tomatoes we watch off this list are sequels to movies we haven't seen, but at least they usually have a number in the title to let you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I guess I guess there's like a bad guy introduced at some point and his name is Mendoza, which to me is the most typical like bad guy enemy name. It's, it's I don't I, I feel like it's used in 10 movies. It's just something that's fun to yell. We find out pretty quickly that um that Mendoza is the guy who was at the root of uh the massive uh horrible event that the newspaper clippings alluded to. And so there's beef between Mendoza and um Shame thinks that Mendoza is dead. <laughs> but uh it's not a name. His his old mate from the force comes back to inform him otherwise. This movie's this movie's very dumb. <laughs> Have we lost Hayden completely though? I think he's frozen in time. Yeah, I think he I think he's, he's lost just the void. meditating on the fact that the character's name is Shame. 
<laughs> He's like, I mean, um, come on, Shane. It's so, one syllable. It's just like Sharp. It's too much like Sharp. So, so we've got Shane now, and he's not a cop anymore. Obviously, he's a private investigator. Peaches is his secretary slash assistant slash only other person he works with. She says that he's running low on money, and he's like, "Yeah, I can't pay you." And she's like, "Look, it's okay." They obviously have known each other for a long time. I think they've known each other since she was a teenager or something. Um, when she was 16 years old. Oh, yeah, since but she now was 16. She's aged and 22. She's grown since then. Yeah, there, that was the weird scene, wasn't it? It was a bit. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, bit yeah. He's like, oh, yeah. you've grown a lot, and he's looking at her ass. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. And the shot's right on her eyes. I guess she's she's like 22 now, but she's she's got the size of like a 16-year-old still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was some weird fantasy shit that I was like, oh, Keenan Ivory, you dirty dog. So after Old Mate <laughs> landed in the limo, it cut to this scene where um, it was just Peaches watching a soap opera out of nowhere. Yeah. And it was kind of... Mm. Ugh. It was kind of like a ghetto ghetto goggle box. That's what I was thinking when I was watching it because she's just <laughs> screaming at this TV. It's some yeah. kind of Spanish Spanish looking soap opera. It was a really. I was like, why is this in this film? Uh, when you see a scene like that, you're like, there's gonna be some follow up to that. That that that's a setup to a scene, especially at the first five minutes of a movie. <laughs> yeah. And it did come back very briefly at one point, but it's just to show that she's obsessed oh. with soap operas and she takes them seriously enough to like hate the character who's who's cheating on their wife in the soap opera or something like that. You're talking She's about like when she, she punches the out the actor yeah. from the soap opera? Yes. Later on, she meets... Again, was that relevant? Did that... And like, did, no. Was that important? Set up, set up that for punchline? Yeah, that was Not just the punchline. <laughs> Wait, did that happen in this movie? I she just watched the long movie. game yeah. of that joke. She <laughs> runs up to the guy... And he, he's like surround, surrounded by paparazzi and it's like, you're the guy who acts in that thing. But she's just like, you're the guy who cheated on his wife in my show. And she just she just decks him. And that's like a plot point where we realize that Peaches is like very mentally challenged. Like she has a very <laughs> small IQ. She may be grown up from 16, but she's she's got a 12 year old's brain. <laughs> that's why shame has been 50-50 about whether he should bang her or not. Yeah, it might be like... This whole movie is just a little boy's interpretation of like what's going on around him. So he can't yeah. conjure up any more complex a character than this woman. I was just going to say about the, the common theme between every character that isn't shame is that everyone's a moron or a scumbag. Every woman is an idiot. Every gay person is a like walking stereotype. Oh, man. That something else. Yeah, and you, when you think it's not gonna get like worse, in t- on top of like you're like, oh, maybe it's just age kind of badly. You're like, oh my god. I mean, I don't want to spoil anything later into the game, but there's some good stuff in this movie. Like some, <laughs> you can play a game of like offensive '90s movie bingo with this movie. <laughs> yeah, and that's it what I was thinking. Hit all of it. <laughs> But if you put those same aspects into a scary movie type parody film, you can kind of get away with it being offensive and funny. Nowadays, you're like, this action movie is just super homophobic, a little bit, <laughs> a little bit borderline pedo. Uh, the, the bad guy, of course, is just like a dude with a Mexican accent. Oh yeah. Oh, interestingly enough, that guy that played the Mexican guy, I Mitch might recognize him from the show Lost, where he plays a Russian guy with an eye patch. Really? Oh. Oh, he's that guy. Yeah. From so the, I just kept wondering from the island. Yeah. What's his What's his real accent? Because he does bad guy movie accents all the time. Was he one of the others? 
in Lost? Yeah, he was like a fake Dharma guy yeah, for a long time. He was yeah. like in the submarine area yeah. around season three, the good stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah, when you're in the thick of it. Hayden, Morgan, are we losing you? Uh, sorry, I was just thinking about the scene where he goes into the store and she's wearing the name tag, but we'll get to that later. I don't know if you guys have anything to say about this name tag, but I got hung up on this this name tag. <laughs> yeah, oh, wait, let's well, go to the name tag. Let's go to the name tag. Yeah, well, what's the issue with the name tag? Well, he goes into this store, he sees the assistant's name tag. I don't know, it's like a jewelry store or something. This is just before he pranks call, prank yes. calls the store to say that he's the radio and she's won $10,000. Yeah. Anyway, the name tag says D Kendricks yeah. and he goes, Denise. And she goes, no, Diane. And so my issue is, first of all, who just randomly guesses like yeah. people's name based on it? <laughs> Second of all, what name tag has the first initial of the first name and then the entire surname? Like, I don't know. I, I don't see many That's name more of tags. A phone no, because it's a fancy yeah. store, right? So surnames are... Surnames are more fancy than first names. And when you go into a fancy clothing Ooh. store, you want to have your surname on your badge. You see what I'm saying? But I agree. Like, it would yeah, be weird to it's walk like a, in. It's like a butler, it's like a butler sort yeah, of thing. Exactly. But it would be weird to walk in and just, like, completely take a shot, <laughs> shot in the dark. It's like, yeah. Angelo? Can I? No, no, Denise. Can I make a confession? <laughs> and, it's, and it's hard to say this because, obviously, I'm the smartest one of the group, the most intellectual, the best at comprehending right. bad sure. movies. I did not Absolutely. understand the scene you guys are talking about at all. He, he went into, like, a, a fashion kind of, like, a higher class mm-hmm. clothing store yep. or... Yeah, actually, and and he and yeah, he he kind of hit on the woman behind the counter, and then she didn't really go for it. So he <laughs> went into a phone booth and he called her up and said she'd won. He pretended to be a radio host, said she'd won ten thousand dollars, and then she left the counter. Why did that happen? So I can explain the scene. So so what you said is what happened, right? <laughs> but I can't explain why he did it. <laughs> but that's so he, my he, question. So he did it. So he did it. The purpose of him doing it was to get her out of the store and have to close the shop up, right? And then a woman who's... And we're, we're, we've skipped a bunch of the storyline here, but he's trying to trace his ex-girlfriend. Um, and he, I guess he assumes that she's going to go to this store today at a specific time. And so he tries to get the store to close. But I can't for the life of me understand why he needs it closed. Like, he could just... like track her when she goes into the store and then follow her afterwards. Mm. But instead he makes sure that the store is closed when she arrives and then tracks her. For, as far as I can tell, for some reason he wanted her to not buy perfume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I thought is it was like right? a setup for he knew that the fancy like a pretty woman scenario. That's where I thought it was going. Like he went in, she assumed he was oh. poor and then he was going to leave and come back on like a sports car or something. I thought it was right. going to be that kind of vibe. <laughs> right, yeah. But no, he just fucking ruined right. her life instead. <laughs> Whatever it was, he did it really well. <laughs> yeah, he just likes fucking understand. with people. He definitely did follow his girlfriend after that scene. Like, you're because, right then he, because then he waits and, and the, the woman does eventually come. The mm. woman that he's uh, following does eventually come and she's perturbed that she can't get into the store. I just, I just for the life of me, can't <laughs> understand why he needed her not to be there with it. All right, let's do a quick quick jump through the basic plot. So, so we explained the opening scene, which is kind of like one of those, like the end of a, another story that we don't really need to know about just to introduce the characters a bit. Um, Shame really needs money. He's about to go broke. He can't even pay Peaches. And then an old cop buddy of his comes in and is like, yo, I got this case for you. Um, I think his name's Sonny and he's from the the DEA, but he's like, I got an off the record case that the cops can't do for some reason. I need you to do it. 
there's this woman she turned and uh, Ernesto Mendoza in then then skip town even though he's meant to be dead and that's the guy shame like tried to take out that we know about from the newspaper clippings and it's just like yo you got three days to track him down so he he doesn't want to but he needs the money and it's also a case very close to his heart because he was like gonna marry this woman as well and she ran off with this guy look he, he tries to refuse it he doesn't want to take the job on and so he goes well, I can't find this woman. You run it through your computers and he and his his ex-partner looks at him very seriously and says, every single one. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> he went around to every individual computer in the LAPD and just checked just in case. They're not networked. That's such a little... Such a- it's just like a little kid thing to say. He's like, I went through every <laughs> single computer and I checked everyone. Not in any computer. <laughs> but the seriousness with which he delivers that line was so good. I even called up the boss of the internet and I asked him, and he said he didn't know either. <laughs> There's a right after this, they kind of I think Peaches and Shame talk about how they're going to get onto this case and find his girlfriend, who I want to say is called Angela, but that might be wrong. Shame like already has a lead. He's like, she has this perfume she loves. It's super rare and it, and it, it's only sold in this one store. That must be the store we were talking about from later. Still not like when this happens, you go, okay, cool. They've got the first lead of the case. They're going to get it. They don't do anything about the perfume for like, I'm going to say 45 minutes because it really confused me. I was like, cool, the case is getting started. He was just fishing her out. He was playing the long game, baby. If we track her perfume, we can find her. Okay, cool. Next scene, he just goes back to the cop station, tries to talk to an old friend to get some files on someone. Uh, you don't know why, but he's like, I need some files. And he's like, you don't work here anymore. But he's like, dude, remember I hooked you up with that wheelchair lady? And he's like, oh, yeah, that was yeah weird, bro. you didn't yeah. tell me she was in a wheelchair. And then he's like, yeah, but you still, you, uh, what is it? Yeah, you still got it on with her kind of thing. And and he's just like, <laughs> oh, he's like, you still hit that though, didn't you? And he's like, yeah, I did. Thanks, man. Again, like very cool, very funny in the 90s, but then, not so funny nowadays. There was a line I wrote down. He said, don't sleep on the handicapped brother. Oh. <laughs> That's it. Oh. Yes. Oh. It was so good. But didn't he qualify it with something else as well? It was like they, they still run a good <laughs> yes. game in bed or something, something like Something really this. offensive. <laughs> Maybe good. that's not offensive though. Maybe yes. that's like not ableist. Maybe that's inclusive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. True. it's empowering, is what it is. They still maybe, root. Maybe yeah. it's empowering. When you're looking for um, useless sluts to have sex with, don't overlook the people in wheelchairs. Like, there's more out there than you might think. They got plenty of time on their hands. If there's, if there's one thing, if there's one thing this podcast has told me is that you don't underestimate people in wheelchairs. All right. It's a good thing their disability limits them from listening to this podcast. <laughs> so what happens after this? Declan, I was just thinking about how this this guy can like sniff things out. Like he's smelling this girl through the perfume. That's how he cracks the case. Do you remember that character we invented who was a detective that smells crime? Like he literally smells crime. Ooh. And people always ask him like, how did you solve the crime? I don't remember what his name was, but his catchphrase was, I have a keen sense of smell. And then he just like leaves the, the scene of the crime. That's how every episode ends. He'd have a huge, have like a huge, a comically that? huge nose as well. And like a magnifying glass that he's holding up to his nose all the time. 
Cast <laughs> Steve Carell. Easy. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Okay, so after this happens, whatever we were talking about, uh, shame. We have that bizarre conundrum of, of a perfume store that she never gets to go to, and then and then he starts tailing her, right? That's also where we have the scene where Peaches sees the uh, soap opera actor and punches him in the Actually, face. Actually, hold on, hold on. Did we get to the point where he stays over at her place? And and then wakes up. No, this is this is after. This is after. Uh, what so what he happens? He throws a he, seat um, and he says he says have a seat and then he throws <laughs> a right. seat. Take a seat. Shame sits down with a bunch of gangsters in right. I think a bar or a restaurant and maybe they're playing cards or something, and they kind of know him as well. Like they must be criminals that he's dealt with or something. Uh, they all talk a bit of shit to each other. Of course, it ends with them going like get the fuck out of here. And then he's like, uh, we've known each other for ages. And then nevertheless, they have a huge bar fight. One guy gets thrown into a jukebox. There's some slow-mo flying around. Shane brings both his guns out as usual. It ends with them all in like a Mexican standoff kind of thing. And then he just leaves, I'm pretty sure. No, like, no, 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 no. I don't remember what that's what, what that scene was for. Because he gets he that's gets he the gets... shit kicked out of him, and then that's where we meet Mendoza. No, no, no. They're different though. So he leaves this bar fight. He's walking down an at like the literally the scene right after the bar fight is him just walking down an alley on his own. Two guys come up to him with like these baton stick things and they beat the shit out of him then oh and yeah okay. all right all right like, yeah no my yeah. bad sorry but they're not really related like that could have happened at any point did you notice in that scene when they were beating him with the bats that the bats were like clearly rubber like oh, you oh yeah, yeah. See them bend? <laughs> there's a lot of bounce it was really funny just like these weird wiffle bats we should o- we should overdub that sound with like comical effects like <laughs> 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 so Mendoza gets in his face and and does like a classic like you know you don't want to be sniffing around here you, you're getting too close to the case and I'm a criminal and I don't like cops and then uh, Shame goes to Peach's house and he's all beat up and she's like why do you only come over when you're all oh, yes. when I, when you're all beat up and she nurses him and that's when she's like why haven't you ever tried to tap my ass and he's like oh you know <laughs> You, you just I've known you since you were a child and it's really weird and then and then he does stare at her ass and he's like you have grown up in some ways mm. <laughs> you think he was talking about her ass yeah I wrote down the quote he said there he said I've watched you grow from an adorable little girl into a gorgeous woman who's very sexy <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> like that is such a weird sentence yeah. that's the exact very sentence like a uh, an undercover cop would have if they were trying to lure out a pedo <laughs> Or just a third grade boy trying to write a feature film. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or just a third rate Wyans brother. Yeah. Man. <laughs> well the thing is, like when you're when you're thinking about this movie, you gotta remember that he wrote, directed, and starred. So because one, he's trying to support himself as an actor, mm-hmm. which is is mm-hmm. a critical failure. He's trying <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to sell the idea of him as a sex symbol, which is like kind of bizarre when you when you're watching the way that he just is in the world he's got this really like he, he he's disrespectful to literally everyone he interacts with in this movie he's also got this really weird sort of placid look on his face through the whole movie that i found really disconcerting yeah he's almost sulky kind of doesn't have any emotions on his face at any point quite dead in the eyes so that night after he's been all bashed and he's at uh, peach's house he falls asleep and he wakes up with his arm around a woman but hold on, it's not a woman. It's uh, a gay guy in drag wearing a wig. And so obviously he's horrified and he's like, what happened here? 
So he gets out his two guns. And it's just the most over-the-top, exaggerated version of a gay person you've literally oh. ever seen. <laughs> yes. I mean, very you know. campy. And he says the classic line, you better so- show some tits or, or die. Or you die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, then he, and then he says something like, I, I ain't trying to get crying gamed out here. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I did laugh at that line. <laughs> show some tits or die is a pretty good line. Like, I, I might use that. Line. Yeah, it was like a real over-the-top gay character who also seemed like he was on crack for some reason. Yeah, very energetic. Uh, yeah, but I'll also highlight that when he says, brother, you better show me some tits or duh, he's got like his gun <laughs> pulled on the on the person yeah, as well. Probably two guns, one in each hand. <laughs> yeah, I just yeah, love, I love like the fear that you could accidentally have had sex with a man and and the rage that comes the next morning where you're like, what did I do last night? I might have to shoot this guy. Yeah, I feel like if, if you're at that point, turn the gun on yourself if, if, if it's that bad for you. Just end it if for yourself. You don't need to take it out on someone else. If you're not comfortable with it, sorry, mate. I'm going to quickly show you his ins- expression in this exact moment. <laughs> <laughs> the fear on this man's the best acting he does. He does have two guns. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, but his eyes are still dead. True fear. <laughs> True fear. And then we cut to a scene where he's cooking breakfast, the gay man is, and yeah. he sings, I love cooking when yeah. I'm dealing with meat. Yeah. <laughs> is the lyrics he sings. And he's cooking big penis-sized sausages. Like kielbasas. And, and of course, Shame's homophobia that runs so deep. <laughs> He's like, he's like, do you want anything for breakfast? And he's like, I ain't, I'm not eating that. Like, I can't even eat a sausage. It's too gay. Homophobia in black culture, especially in the 90s, was a pretty big mm. thing, right? Like, so, so I kind of, yeah, I can un- understand the climate that the movie was made in. That that would be like, it's like Eddie Murphy specials. It was a, like, it was a heavy days, thing. Yeah. It was a crutch for for the those kind of comedies to lean on, right? Making well, later, gay people. I'm not saying that it's right. Shame just goes to that's... a gym later on to investigate something sexy. I don't really know what it is that he's investigating. Oh, I can tell you, I can tell you how it happens. So, so the woman, because she can't oh, get yeah. into the perfume store, she goes into a gym. So then, th- then he has the exact same problem he would have had at the right. perfume store. He's not allowed in at the gym. It's a, it's a women the... only gym. <laughs> and they make that point very clear. And then like very soon after that, there's that gay man that we were just talking about and the other gay character of the film and they're just strutting around the gym. He's saying that like gay men are allowed in, in women's gyms. Like, Do we know what? the name of the gay guy who lives with Peaches, her, her roommate? I do not. It was something silly. Mm. Listen, man. Anyway. I'm not remembering a lot of the names of people other than Shame and Peaches. <laughs> oh, and Mendoza. There was an Angela. Yeah. That's the woman Angela. he's tracking into the gym. He's following her into the gym. And she's toxic. Well, how do you set this scene up? It's 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 shame follows her into the gym. He gets turned away, and he just happens to bump into this gay roommate, uh, and he's like, "Hey, I know you. I tried to shoot you this morning. Hey, you need to help me get into this gym because um, just because I'm tracking someone." And the guy who works there is like, "No, you, I I won't do that. I can't do that." And then suddenly, his boyfriend turns turns up who's the second most over-the-top caricature of a gay person ever. (laughs) (laughs) And I just, it was just a very, (laughs) I don't know, it was a funny-ish scene in that it was just so (laughs) absurd that um, Shame pretended to be gay 
and what was it? What was the deal? Sh- Shane was pretending to be uh, like a, a fair. See, it's really hard because I don't have any of the names of these people. Yeah. Well, there was just there was a black gay character and a white gay character, <laughs> okay. and Shane pretended to be like having an affair with the black gay character to piss off the white gay character. And right? then the white gay character said to Shane, "If you ever want some yeah. milk in That's your." Right. Uh, Bread or something? Chocolate. Yeah, coffee. milk, milk in your coffee. Bread. That's, that's the <laughs> milk in your bread works. <laughs> you had a bit of milk in that bread. I'm a little shaky on the details. <laughs> Which just goes to show that even if uh, a, a gay man is upset that his partner is um cheating on him, yeah, he's not so upset that he can keep his mind off sex. Am I right? Especially that shame he's handsome. <laughs> it's really good that. Five white guys are exploring homophobia in black culture on the podcast. <laughs> like, I'm glad we've gone to that level. I think so. That's good. It's about time. Even like in the last few years, Kevin Hart and uh, Tracy uh, Jordan have have both got. A, wait, is it Tracy Morgan or Tracy Jordan? What? I it's don't Tracy know. Morgan. Morgan's, Morgan's the real one. Jordan's the one from the the fake yeah, character yeah. in Thirty Rock. Yeah, both of them got in tons of trouble for doing jokes where the punchline was basically, "If I found out my son was gay." I'd like beat the shit out of him. Classic, horrible Classic joke. I mean, <laughs> oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Can we hear? Can we hear it in context though? I want to listen, I man. Um, is this? Are we? Are we? Are we? <laughs> Do the accent. Are we going in? Are we going into this? Is this where we? This is. Well, let's uh, just talk about the scene where the Ku Klux Klan show up for absolutely <laughs> no reason and then chase them down the street in the third act. Yeah, we get a nice little <laughs> Nazi rally in this movie as well. So in this scene, uh, it does end up with Shame finding his his ex, Angela, and they go up to a hotel room and they have like a bit of a conversation where it's like, I used to love you. And she's like, no, you were just using me to get close to Mendoza because you were a cop and you were trying to bring him down. He's like, no, I went to Mexico looking for you. And then he's like, I want you to testify against Mendoza um, and then go into protective custody. And she's like, protective custody? I've been in that for six months. Someone tipped him off and now he's coming for me. And then I think it ends up that the guy, the Sonny, who hired Shame to do this, it's a classic like, we didn't actually want, we wanted you to find her because we couldn't find her because we're all corrupt and we were going to kill her. Like we're tracking her down. So we basically hired you to find her because we knew you used to love her. And and then as soon as you found her, we've been tracking you and now we're going to come in and kill you and her. And so they attempt to do that. There are guns pulled. Uh, there's a scene where <clears throat> they're trying to escape. Again, they're in a fucking hotel. <laughs> they try to escape the hotel, and the way they do this is they go into an elevator and find a prostitute and a guy <laughs> making out with each oh, other. That's what was yeah. happening. And they go, uh, yeah, and uh, they beat them up and steal their clothes. <laughs> yeah, they go, shit, of- we're being robbed. Thank God, I thought it was my wife. Yeah, that's right. classic <laughs> joke. <laughs> Classic joke. Uh, Classic. (laughs) So then Shame and Angela, who have got like wigs and other outfits on, sneak out. uh, But all the bad guys realize that they're out. They chase them. There's a point somewhere where we get a big action scene like in a a shopping center slash supermarket. But that might be the very end. There might be a little bit in between. Oh yeah, I didn't. I didn't actually finish this movie. I just realized. <laughs> <laughs> what, what? What? Yeah, I just realized that I didn't, I didn't finish it. I to tell you guys, <laughs> you, you didn't finish. Like, I love that. at what point did you stop watching the movie? I'll tell you. I'll tell you when we get. Right. There. <laughs> this movie's so confusing. I, this is more confusing than most of the like. 
trying to explain it is it seems really really basic when you watch it but it's it's a it's too convoluted so yeah so it's a, it's a double cross and they're trying to the bad guys are trying to get this woman all along and shame has led them straight to her so they escape and they hole up in his house and then he has to leave the house for some reason so he leaves his ex-girlfriend with peaches which is i think um the lieutenant shows up to his office the lieutenant shows up to his office to arrest him because they're kind of like framing him for some of the stuff and uh that's when peaches is there and she like gets into a fight with the lieutenant she finally gets to use that like karate she's been practicing and yeah she 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 fights sunny who's the the cop that hired shame in the beginning oh the way she escapes sorry the way she escapes is she takes like a 10 meter run up and runs through his legs just like a little shit. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yes. There's also some plot aspect where it's like Angela, who's Shame's ex, stole $20 million that Mendoza had like smuggled in a coffin <laughs> and then and then turned him into the feds. Oh, yeah. And that was her plan. She wasn't in on the Mendoza thing. She was like double crossing him. See, that's, that's where I was like confused because there's so many convoluted things. I was like, am I missing something? Had this happened before? This happened in the previous version of this, but no, it's just fucking weird. And then, and then, so um, Sonny and Mendoza get peaches at the end of this sequence, and um, Shame is with Angela. And at the end, uh, Shame gets a phone call, and it's Mendoza, I guess. And he's like, "You've got peaches. All right, where do you want to meet? Let's meet here and here, which I guess is the shopping center." And then Angela's like, "Smoke his ass," and he's like, "Like a motherfucking pack of cools." <laughs> He's good. And then we have our big finale. Like, uh, like there is a Nazi rally thing in there that really didn't make much sense to me. He, like, sends one of the henchmen into a Nazi rally and... I don't know. We don't need... Yeah, that was weird, man. And then he just leaves him Yeah, there. just lets him get... I was like, I don't know if that... mobbed by white supremacists. <laughs> Surely he'd have something against white supremacists, but it seems like he's an ally. Yeah. <laughs> when, when they're working for his... <laughs> For his cause. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. He's pretty much the most hateful person in this movie, right? Like, he he, he doesn't really <laughs> give a shit. As long as he feels and looks good, he's like, hey, this is awesome. But I do feel like we skipped over the part where we see him have, like, a, a cool shaft montage where he, like, puts on his, his yeah. weird blue trench yeah. coat. Where he dresses and, like, up. Sunglasses and look at his wall of yeah. handguns. Like, he goes through a transformation. There's a shot I've never seen where they really focus on his bald head. And it's oh, like yeah, a shot. Yeah. He kind of shines it. It's really... Yes. Yeah, it really threw me off. I was like, what is That's this? That's how they start that entire montage. Yeah. Him shining his head. It's so good. Which would oh. work really well in a scary movie-esque parody movie of one of these. But again... And there was this real theme at the start that Peaches brought up that... Shame is such a slob for some reason, and he literally was extremely groomed in his facial hair and hair, except slightly overgrown by maybe two days. And he's got like a buttoned-up shirt. Yeah, yeah he's shirt. looking up pretty good. He fine. It's like when are you going to clean yourself up? Shame? <laughs> they were acting like he was homeless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is his big reveal. Oh, he is a hot dude. It's because he hasn't waxed his head in the earlier scenes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's when they're like, hey, shouldn't you look like a bit of a slob? Your life's all out of order at the beginning of this. 
And as the main actor, you're like, oh, I got to look cool and handsome though, right? Like, exactly. I'm, I'm the leading man. Oh, that's right. She literally says to him in like one of the first scenes, like, why don't you dress up anymore? And he's like, <laughs> how am I meant to dress up? And then he dresses up and we know what he's yeah. dressing well, What she meant is how come you don't wear a trench coat, really dumb, slim, like black glasses, <laughs> yeah. wax your hair anymore? It's your huge blue Why don't you dress up coat? like one of those Columbine kids yeah, exactly. and go on a rampage? Yeah. He's like, oh. With the world's longest gun. <laughs> <laughs> but then it turns out that the the only reason he's dressing up is because that other woman is back in his life and then she raises that she's like you're dressing up again because she's back <laughs> true yeah and it's weird because uh, shame does he has sex with angela in this movie again no, like they, they almost, do rekindle their romance does, doesn't he and then and then he gets a phone call someone walks in and they're like um, they've like she's got no top on or something yeah 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 i can't remember <laughs> That's how she gets the gun in there. Yeah. They make out on the bed in the hotel and yes. then someone yes. comes in. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I think we're at the point of the movie now where I, I stopped watching. <laughs> well, Morgan, you missed. Fair enough. This is where you fell you off. missed the best part. This is because the, the moment was that that woman had run through the lieutenant's legs, but then subsequently been caught. And then he had his ex-girlfriend like shame was with his ex-girlfriend and he was talking to mendoza on the phone and they were like let's meet up and switch That's ladies right. and i was like all right i'm turning <laughs> this off this is just like men trading women literally like objects like they just be like you take this woman i'll take that woman. Come on, let's do it and I'm like, nah, well that's our third act showdown morgan and let me tell you that's where all the action happens it gets crazy oh, dude i can't wait to hear this so plot-wise, we've got uh, the older black cop, Sonny, who hired him, and he admits that there was some... It, it, was it drugs or diamonds? It was... Or both. There was a big deal that happened when he was a cop, and he was, and it was, a, you know, a corrupt deal. And he was like, but I was going to cut all my other cop friends in on it, but they all said to me, only if shame comes in as well. And we all know shame wouldn't come in on a deal because he's such a good guy. And that must be why this cop had to like kill all those other cops and try and like stick it on shame. So they try and do the swap. They're in a mall, Morgan. They send peaches down this escalator and shame is coming up the escalator. Other way around. And they're crossing each other. But he's taped a gun to Peach's side of the escalator and he says something to her like under his breath where he's like I hope that gun training is ready to pay off and she so so yeah so so he gives her a gun we find out that there's actually a dummy coming down the other side of the escalators so it's not he's not really trading Angela it's a it's a mannequin <laughs> and when they see that yeah it's a mannequin in a wig sick because they're in a they mall flip out and when I see a like a guy with a mannequin anywhere near him I just know he's a creep <laughs> I've got a mannequin behind me for those listening. <laughs> yes, true. <laughs> the mannequin ploy surprisingly does not trick them for that long and it starts a massive shootout. And we get a mad like run through the mall, everything's exploding, everyone's shooting each mm. other. Any slow motion? Oh dude, we get some we get some badass stuff. Oh yeah. We get some good ones. Shame again early on just goes like peaches. You go to the northwest uh, <laughs> door up there and there's a car park and just sit in the car. Like, I don't want you involved in this. <laughs> She's just so annoying. He wants her out. She it's the sucks. third time he's said something like that to her in the Get whole movie. Just go sit in the car. <laughs> and then 10 dudes repel through the glass roof of this <laughs> mall. And it's like, yes. you know, like, where do people hire all these mercenaries from? Everyone seems to have their own army of Well, they're all people. cops, right? I guess any cop. That's right. Yeah, because because no, I you're right. Because the know. old. I don't know. I'm trying to rationalize. Hold it. on. 
Are you telling me Shame is just killing LAPD or whatever? Oh, like he's yeah. just killing cops in this movie? The people he used to work with? Yeah, well, because doesn't doesn't his old mate who set the whole thing up, doesn't he pull in like like SWAT team buddies? Doesn't he like, don't worry, Mendoza, I've got all my old pals to help me out. Yeah, I guess. But that's pretty messed up. Pretty much. I don't rem- know, remember exactly what their qualifications were. All I know is that they pigeonhole in a pigeonhole is that the t- whatever they get him into it into a store but then cornhole. he realize they cornhole <laughs> him <laughs> and uh he realizes that he's been trapped in the <laughs> explosive store where all the explosives are <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about he's in like a sporting goods store he's in like a camping sporting goods kind of store with so, so much there's, fuel there's in like it fishing rods and also yeah it has heaps tons of, of fuel. propane Knives. Uh, what else have we got? <laughs> Charcoal lighters, um, fuel canisters, just everything. And oh yeah, that's right. So he opens all the gas. There's bottles. only like one or two guys in there, but he's you know he's ducking through the the different alleys of the shop, and he, yeah, he's just finding like twenty propane canisters. So he just starts uh, loosening the valve and letting it spray all this gas, and he just he sets up for a wicked explosion. <laughs> this is another Home Alone moment, <laughs> <laughs> right? He's going and uh, he's setting up the traps. <laughs> Some kooky music playing. He's poking holes in things. S- yeah, literally just a four-year-old boy just being like, "Oh, imagine <laughs> if the shops were just like you could go in and you could just like play with anything. You could do whatever you want." Yeah, and at the end, the way he lights it, Morgan. So there's there's like a couple of cops in there looking for him. He kind of comes to the front. He puts a tennis ball in this like can of charcoal lighter, lights it on fire. And then it like shoots into the store and it does a massive explosion and he goes flying, but he's also created a bungee for himself, <laughs> tied, it, tied it around his legs. And so he goes like free falling a hundred meters on this bungee as this explosion happens behind him. It was cool. But somehow he measured it perfectly for it to be about a meter off the ground. When he gets down, he grabs a man's machine gun, comes back up and shoots the guy while he's coming back up from the bungee cord it is ridiculous (laughs) i will give this movie that credit (laughs) so good that was in slow-mo that was good good. you can't take that away from him that was was the line was it just something like yoink or like (laughs) i'll be taking that what does he say he says something (laughs) i think he he does yeah I think he does yeah, say I'll be taking that. Thanks for the yeah. gun. I hope it was really good. My my imagination of that image in my head is so good. It might it might be a better way to to just imagine the movie rather than watch the movie next time because that looked good in my head. All right, now so we none of us can remember exactly what the line was when he when he bungees down and yoinks the guy's gun. So should we all pitch mm. a version of what we think the line could or should be? Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. All right. Don't 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 worry. What well, whilst you do that, I've I've uh, gone to scripts.com and found <laughs> the script. So. That's terrible. Um, <laughs> I want to go with something like, uh, "Thanks for the Christmas present. I didn't get you anything." Oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty. Good. I was nice. going to use a similar nice. voice, but I was going to say something like, uh, "Uh, half price on killing you in the f- uh, uh, you just uh, <laughs> shut up." <laughs> Oh, how about this one? How about this one? You go da- uh, as he as he as he bungees down. He goes. Uh, you might want to start using some anti dandruff shampoo. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon he went. Um, Yankee Doodle went to town on your mama, and then he shoots it. <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably actually did say that one. <laughs> Yeah, I think that, that was sucks. the... Uh, I see you've been reading script.com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'd just go with something like, sorry, can't stay for a coffee. Uh, that's that's the best I got. <laughs> 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 all right, all right. So so after he does this explosion, he kind of end up, ends up in like a back area of the mall. And we, we have been introduced to Shame's soul weakness, just like Indiana Jones with snakes, just like Hayden Quinn with airplanes. We've got... Shame is afraid of dogs. He's and and he's like, I'm I'm not afraid of them. I just don't like them. Like, but that comes up way earlier. And and of course, three or four like mauling, scary looking dogs corner him in this back area. And how does he satiate them? How does he get them off his tail? <laughs> he he awkwardly mumbles, James Brown, sex machine. Ah, uh, say it loud. I'm black and I'm proud. <laughs> and then he starts dancing. And the dogs yeah. are mesmerized <laughs> by his moves. They're like, wow, this is my shit. And then, okay, so the guy who gets the Nazi set on him earlier <laughs> in the movie comes back. And Shame's like, oh, he's got all, he's singing for all these oh, dogs. Yes. And he's like, get him, get him. And the dogs are like, no, I mean, this is our favorite song. <laughs> and so he, he covers his... So, Shame, I don't know how he does it, but he covers Shame. that guy in, like, sandwich meat. Yeah, he pulls a <laughs> lever that's, that's next to him, and it dumps, pulls like, a lever. more off-cut meat onto the guy. And so he's covered in pastrami, <laughs> and then the dogs get set on him. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, if you knew if, if you knew there was some kind of trapdoor that released meat, why wouldn't you go that option <laughs> over the singing and dancing? <laughs> What's funny is that this is the movie. Yeah. He, he never even had to sing Sex Machine. If the dogs were coming, it's like, give them the meat straight away and just walk past. Yeah. <laughs> that is storytelling 101, the old meat box. And then the Mexican guy tries singing a stereotypical Mexican song and the dogs are racist and just attack him anyway. <laughs> yeah. Weird. There's also a scene, uh, Peaches is involved and she, <laughs> she's trying to find Mendoza and, and she's in the mall <laughs> and she hides in like a baby's <laughs> yeah. area in a crib with like a baby bonnet or something like, you know, and she's just dressed like a baby. She That crib must be <laughs> child size and she fits in it perfectly. She does. I reckon Shane went and bought that after and now she's wearing the bonnet and in the crib because that's how he likes them. <laughs> I've, just, I've just been reading the script, guys. I'm really sorry to say, I think the line is, thank you. Oh, he wow. takes the machine gun that and says thank you. But I think the way he delivered it, it did actually make me laugh. Also, I just want to point out, um, when they, <laughs> when he's hiding in the sporting in, in the sport in the like camping store, like trying to get away from from all these guys, two officers or whatever walk in. They go, "This place is full of flammables. Hold your fire!" Oh, and it's just really sort of like signals it to the audience. <laughs> oh, like, nice like, setting it okay. up. Okay, does anyone remember how he sets the fire the the fire for the explosion? Yeah, I already explained that like five minutes <laughs> ago. Tennis ball? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, we're, okay. We're, we're, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I'm, sorry. It's, Has anyone been, forgotten sorry, it since I re-explained it? <laughs> I, I definitely did. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Did we talk about the scene where he's going through the newspaper clippings at the start of the uh, movie? <laughs> all, right, all right. Sorry, Mitch. Sorry. Listen, man, it was an experience. <laughs> all right, let's just let's let's just jump to the end. Um, uh, Angela shoots the bad a uh, black cop called Sonny. Uh, Peaches gets caught by Mendoza after hiding in the baby nursery. 
Then shame comes and they do some hand-to-hand fighting. We get a bit of like actual kind of kung fu, bad guy versus good guy. And it's weird because shame's like kind of getting his ass beaten most of the time. But at one point he gets his arm like twisted around Mendoza and does like this kind of like... Oh, it's Mendoza. This kind of like flip over the top gets on top of him and and beats him and it's like not that impressive oh, it's just yeah kind of he like, does like a back elbow doesn't he yeah he does like yeah a spinning it's like a flying, elbow spinning yeah. back elbow trick some kind of muay thai shit out of nowhere also they're in a punch fight and of course mendoza like pulls a knife at one point which is just Classy. a cheap shot like you do that you, you deserve to die like i was on his <laughs> side until that point <laughs> is mendoza the kind of villain who like c- can he fight does he have any sort of skills or is he just overpowered yeah, he was all right. Right. he yeah. did pretty well they brawl they brawl so then yeah he he arrests mendoza and he and he's got him and then angela comes up and just shoots mendoza and kills him and she's still bad she's like i still want that money and she's gonna kill shame but peaches comes in and then peaches and angela also have like a bit of a fist fight did you notice the first move um angela pulled on peaches she kicks her straight in the titty out of nowhere that's literally (laughs) her opening move i was like whoa (laughs) and then peaches just loses it. yeah peaches somehow overcomes angela and again yeah it ends with a scene where like the main the actual lieutenant cop guy comes in uh, we haven't actually talked about him in this no. podcast. He's in two scenes. Um, and he's like, man... So it's Shame's old boss. Yeah, Shame's old boss. And he's like, man, what am I going to do? Like, this is hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of damage. And he's like, yeah, but you guys got $15 million in, uh, you know, in loot from the deal gone wrong. And then afterwards, Peaches is like, wasn't it 20? And Shame's like, yeah, but I'm obviously taking off a bit for myself and <laughs> i got to pay your fee as well. So maybe he's not that good of a guy. Yeah, I never weird. got any hint that he was a good or a bad guy. He just seemed like a bit of a prick, like just just not not likable, <laughs> kind of sexist, hates gay It's just people. a guy. Yeah. This guy is a low-down, dirty Shame. See what I did? <laughs> yeah. See? I, I i went i went for it mm, i like that so so <laughs> reflecting on that title so so that's <laughs> I, I mean it's so i'm sorry if this is blatantly obvious and i just am only putting it together now he's low down at the start of the movie they keep referring to him but not being dressed yep. well, so he's dirty right uh, is that the point of the movie is that why it's called this or i don't know so. no? it, it's the name of his detective <laughs> agency isn't it that's that's yeah, why it's, it's called. The na- it's also the name, the name of his detective, detective yeah, that's, agency. That's true. It's complex. Look, it can it can work on many levels. All right, it's a very it's like an onion. But he chose the name Shame. It must have been like you know, like is the character meant to be feeling shame the whole movie? What is yeah? The I think we as the audience the are meant to be feeling shame for having sat through this. Uh, piece of shit. Um, I think he had shame when he was attracted to her at sixteen, but now it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's 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 get into some wrapping up. Was anyone watching uh, uh, Shame's haircuts throughout this movie? No. So no. I, sorry, I was watching the little curls next to um, what's her name's Peaches, Jada Pinkett. Peaches' hair, but but go on. What about Shame? So Shame at the beginning at the beginning of the movie has hair all over his head. The next scene he has really? just hair on on the side of his head. Pretty much every scene he has a new haircut. That's amazing. Uh, 
that's why he looks different when he does the thing to his hair because maybe he's finally uh, shaven. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that's when he shaved. Was he not his bald head. through the entire? No, film? no, 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 you're no, right. no. I just assumed he, he was. shaved his head at one point and then is bald for the rest of the movie. But at the beginning, they're kind of like flashing in and out of like different haircuts. Yeah. It's pretty great. <laughs> you're right. It's a metaphor. Right. So weird. The at work- the start, he was dirty. At the end, he was shaved. Yeah. It's a metaphor. He's mm, clean. See? He's clean. The working title for the film was Shave. <laughs> <laughs> Let's wrap this bad boy up. Um, before we get into our actual ratings and whether or not we think it was truly rotten, uh, let's give Tom the time to plug his anything he's doing, his channel, his podcast. Tell us about you, what you're up to. Sweet, man. My Instagram's at Tomo Armstrong. I'm the Roundabout Crew on YouTube. And you can check out my podcast, the Tom and Frenchie Podcast. And thank you so much for having me, guys. Do you have a Patreon we should be subscribed to? Uh, we do. It's called the Tom and Friendship Podcast, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's not very original. And so what do you do in this podcast? Just rank bad movies? No, that that's your podcast, <laughs> <laughs> which is great. There's other ones? Yeah, so we just go through trending topics. Um, usually people send us in weird stories that are happening in the world. And um, Frenchie, the guy I do it with, is another comedian. And we kind of bicker like an old married couple most of the time, but it's good fun. Awesome. How do you respond to uh, allegations that Frenchie is actually French? That's actually true. I can say it here first. That accent is fake. He pretends to be Australian. He is a frog. I know it. There's just wow. something about it that doesn't sound authentic. So, mm, yeah. um, you know, He's a thank fraud. you for clearing that He's up. He's trying to yeah. cover it. You guys got <laughs> the scoop. You guys got the scoop here. You can. Uh, Sweet. <laughs> this is the TMZ of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> thank All right, God. Tom. As the guest, I'm going to ask you what What are your overall thoughts on the film, and then how do you rank it out of ten, and whether and do you think it's truly rotten? Well, first of all, I found it extremely confusing. Um, I found yeah. Peaches intolerable. Um, <laughs> I don't I don't know what Will Smith saw in her um, after her performance as the most Jesus. annoying person of all time. I thought um, I thought Angela was pretty hot. Uh, is that what we do? We <laughs> rank the women? Yeah. <laughs> on theme with We're the- ranking out of 10 everything. <laughs> on theme of the movie, I'm going to start rating the women and then I'll end with a homophobic <laughs> rant. <laughs> um, the movie, I'd probably give two stars. Okay. Two st- um, out of 10 or stars. five? That's a good question. But <laughs> I'll, go, I'll go two out of 10. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, real, really not good. Give your salsa what they want, Mitch. All right. Shout out to my salsa. Now, what I'm going to say is that this is a movie where you get a scene where you got a black guy setting a, a clan, like a neo-Nazi mob on a Middle Eastern guy, assuming he's going to die. And then it cuts immediately to like a stripper with like giant boobs. So I'm like, I don't know. I'm in two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in two minds about this because I'm like. Every time I think I'm appalled, it reels me back in. And I think that says more about the kind of piece of shit I am. Where I'm like, this shit. Like, would I watch it again? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to give it uh, a 4.3. That's, that's 4.3. Yeah. And I'm going to give, you know what? 4.4. Cause there was some pretty legit songs in there. 4.5. Final score. Lock it in there. The soundtrack was good. Yeah, soundtrack was pretty dope. Hayden, you're up next, buddy. 
Yep. So I, on on that comment, uh, the opening track. I'm still trying to find out what it was, but that fucking owned. <laughs> loved loved the opening, uh, the music in the opening scene. I loved Peaches. I found her hilarious because she was so stupidly over the top and like just had me laughing at her stupidity. But other than that, there aren't many redeeming factors. I thought that the woman that played Angela was really bad, a terrible actress, real bad. Oh yeah, I could couldn't 100%. couldn't handle her at all but there were some funny lines anyway i'm gonna give it a 3.5 it was not good (laughs) cool and morgan give us your best uh yeah shout out to my tomato files (laughs) um this tomato was like i said just a little boy's idea of what an action movie should be i think it was a failed experiment but it was exactly what this podcast is about which is artists putting their best foot forward and failing miserably. There's there's so much to get out of this movie. There's one moment that we didn't talk about, which is when he's having some sort of altercation in the club and there's a, a song playing in the background as they start pulling guns out at each other under the table. And it's literally, the lyrics are, it's starting, it's starting, it's starting to get hectic. It's starting, it's starting, it's starting to get hectic. <laughs> and I think um, that warrants... Th- the um the three out of ten that I'll give it that that's what gives it its three points is that song okay <laughs> that was a good scene when that when yeah like one by one they put like what was it a total of four guns get pulled out <laughs> under the table also I didn't get to I didn't yeah. get to shout out my tomato guys and uh, so shout out to my tomato synthesis <laughs> great and on that note I'll give my final approval of this film. I got to say, uh, yeah, super disappointed that it wasn't a Wyans Brothers shtick that I was expecting. I'm also a huge fan of Shane Black, and this was like a really bad Shane Black movie. Mm. Who that? Well, who's, who's Shane Black? Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Oh, he did the original Lethal Weapons. Iron Man 3. The Long Kiss Goodnight. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. The Nice Guys. Like, detective stories pulpy like cops really good dialogue really kind of convoluted plots but like a lot more clever and coherent even though they're super twisty and this just felt and morgan said this to me uh, off mic where there's good movies and then there's really bad movies that are still enjoyable all the movies on this list seem to fall into that mediocre area yeah. and that's way more painful to watch yeah I completely agree and, and i think i think going into this that i 100 percent expected that would be the case it's just a slog they're never enjoyable on the on the level that they're just terrible they're just hard to watch and they're just the type of movie that if you saw on tv or walked into a cinema you'd probably just get bored after 40 minutes and leave but we have to watch them to the end because that's the show <laughs> so i'm giving this one um a 3.9 out of 10 which is the same score I gave Ballistic X versus Sever. Um, I think they're pretty much on par, around the same... E- no, this was way worse. <laughs> wow. I disagree. I disagree. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> and uh, I guess with that, I might play the theme song to this movie, uh, the song Shame, Evelyn, Champagne King. Uh, the movie opens to this. Check it out. Hey, while we're listening to this, do you guys want to hear my new idea for a restaurant? Yeah. Yes like subway but when you don't want six inches or a foot long you just want three inches it's called sub subway mm. yeah all right i can see they're taking up what about it's good mm. <laughs> Hang on. 
It's coming to me. I have a recommendation uh, for a movie you guys should watch. It's called uh, Cool as Ice. It's the Vanilla Ice. Ooh, Vanilla Ice. I've film. seen it. Yeah, it's fan- yes. fantastically bad. Yeah, and that that fits in the exact same. Um, hell yeah, this is. Yeah, it's kind of the same era. Um, fits in the same thing of just being like painful to watch, but there is some amazing cinematography in it. There's some of the like film clip parts where he's rapping tracks. I love I love the way those scenes look. But yeah, it's a terribly boring movie itself. Yeah, awesome. Check it out. Morgan, what about Subwayans? And it's um all of it, it's just all you can do is rent Wayans um films that aren't very good from there. Subwayans. And they only have brown bread. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, you have you still have to go through the arduous process of like walking up a line of ingredients <laughs> to choose how the DVD is. <laughs> That's right. Which Wayans Brothers film do you want as the inlay? Okay, and which which Wayans Brother film do you want <laughs> uh, actually put into the uh, yeah, DVD jewel 